Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers. Uh, Declan Kitchener, uh, my regular co-host, isn't with me today as he's at Reading Festival. Uh, so we kind of got a bit of a special episode for you today. It's uh, it's quite different from what you've been listening to if you heard the show before. Uh, it's an, actually an interview segment with a, uh, a producer from, uh, I believe, San Francisco in America called Grip Grant. And he is um, a hip-hop producer and a rapper and... Uh, multi-instrumentalist and uh and as i say in the interview he's a great example of uh somebody who's just good at the creative process and i kind of wanted to get his take on how he goes about writing and producing and the time he takes to do it and uh and all that sort of thing i just wanted to have a a good in-depth chat with him uh so if you're a fan of grip grand there's going to be a real treat uh because I know that there are people out there who, uh, you know, he's got like a fan base out there. So if you found the podcast through his name, then you're in for a real treat because we have like a, it was like a two hour discussion. Uh, and we go across like a whole bunch of diff- different topics. We talk about hip hop now and the golden age of hip hop. We talk about how he writes. We talk about uh, his creative process as far as um, lyrics and melody and instrumentation and uh, for anyone who's uh, just a regular listen to, listener to the Weekly Song Podcast, uh, we talk about a whole bunch of the same stuff that we talk about on the regular show, except it isn't songwriting-based, but hip-hop-based. Now, you may be thinking, I'm not too much of a hip-hop fan, but uh, the fact is that there's so much crossover between the two, uh, the two genres of singer-songwriter and hip-hop producer that you may be kind of surprised at the similarities. Um... Okay, I also wanted to mention there's a few technical difficulties in here as well. Uh, this is my first time doing any interview of this kind, uh, let alone with, uh, you know, an actual uh, hip-hop producer who I admire and who I looked up, I look up to uh, over in San Francisco. So there's this call on uh, Google Hangout, uh, which I tried to record the best I could. Uh, but obviously there were a few technical difficulties, um, seeing as this is something I've never done before. Uh, Grip Grand lost Wi-Fi connection at one point. I lost Wi-Fi connection at one point. And uh, there were just a few little blips and that sort of thing, but I've done my best to uh, to edit it so it comes across as quite cohesive. We had a two-hour call that we kind of uh, went all over the place with the topic, so I didn't want to cut anything out because I think it comes across as really spontaneous and interesting, so I tried to keep as much as I could. Uh, also, uh, one of the mics, I've got to admit, it didn't work for the first uh, 15 minutes or so, so at one point um, the second mic comes back in and the audio quality improves considerably. Um, but you're about to hear um, an interview with uh, a great example of the creative process, as I've probably already said, and uh, I hope you enjoy. So the first thing you're going to hear here is uh, me asking uh, Grip Grant to introduce himself to you guys, uh, and then we kind of go in, in, we dive right into a bunch of different topics, uh, hip-hop, songwriting, creative process, all that sort of stuff, so uh, thanks for Grip Grant for joining us, and thank you for, to you for listening, and uh, here we go. Hello, listeners. My name is Grip Grand. Uh, that's obviously not my real name, but my real name is a terrible rap name. Um, I'm a producer in the hip-hop sense. I make beats, and I also put together whole projects for people. And I'm a rapper in the hip-hop sense, <laughs> not a rap on beats or not on beats. Um, I don't know how to describe what I do. I make music by myself in a dark room. I make music with other people in uh, other more well-lit spaces. But mostly, I don't know, I just feel like a 
like a satellite sending out signals to the world. If you, if you were to kind of like describe your sound, uh, how would you describe like the, the music you make apart from just like obviously hip hop? Because I know you do quite yeah. a lot of different stuff. I do other stuff. I, I did not start making hip hop. I, I, I mean, although I have loved hip hop since I was a kid, but yeah, the first song I wrote was just a song, song. My mom has it somewhere. It was about the moon. I think I was five or six. Um, I don't know. I mean, all my stuff has a real strong sense of melody, uh, or usually 95% of it does. That's what I'm attracted to in, in a lot of music in general. Um, so I don't make the like dark medieval beats a lot of people make or, you know, nappy, cold sounding stuff. I tend to make more soulful jazz inflected stuff um or i used to i mean these days i don't know right now i'm working on a bunch of i guess they're covers for like whatever term of uh some well-known breakbeats and some classically sampled stuff and um but still the same strong sense of melody and a little sad i don't know that sounds like a really interesting project. Can you give any details, or is that kind of under wraps at the moment? It is under wraps, but I mean, that's it. It's just like, I, I wasn't sure what to make in terms of hip-hop stuff right now, and um, I just wasn't on a big writing kick, so, uh, and I've been making a lot of, I had set up a new studio space and got a bunch of instruments into it. All my old keyboards and my kids' instruments, like, you know, little toy percussion instruments and a toy piano and stuff and um so i just started messing around i i i did uh like i don't want to give away too much but sure, you know sure. i would do I, like a whole song it'd be a, like a famous a famously sampled song from some say 90s hip-hop classic and i take the original song and i re-recorded it note for note using all these kids instruments and whatever i had laying around and then i sample it my version and flip it into the beat from the classic song and that's a note for note cover but it's made out of parts of my song instead of parts of the original song that's awesome it's a ton of work and it's super like meta and self-referential and probably ultimately who knows? This is one of those things I'm doing, again, purely for myself. It does not seem like a good idea. Mm. I don't know the side of, like, putting out covers. It's easier to put out covers than it is to sample things. You know, I, I do know that. Um, it's just like a... But you have to pay a certain amount per... God, I don't even know how it works for streaming. There's a bunch of stuff I got to look, look uh, up in the United States anyway to cover anything you want as long as you credit the artist and um, pay the mechanical royalty. So, uh, But it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's going to blow me up or that people are going to care about much. It just seems like other record obsessives like myself will care about it, maybe, if they hear it. Or people who like interesting new takes on old songs, you know. I just don't give a shit. I just like making it because it's fun. and <laughs> That's how it should you know. be, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I've kind of hit a wall on it. I think it's just going to be an EP. Right now, I'm... Like, right now, this week, I'm sort of trying to figure out what the next thing is. You know? I want to make some more 
uh, hip hop. I'm, I just sent a bunch of beats to a guy. I'm, I also have to keep under wraps, but like someone who has a, a bunch of material out that I really like and who I don't know personally, we just kind of like linked up on Twitter and hopefully we'll get some work done. He's also a producer and a rapper, but I would like to get some of his raps on some of my beats. That would be cool. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun doing the Doom thing because I have to write anything. Writing is is uh, the, for me the harder part. I can make music. The music happens like I don't know. Just it's just like a simpler process. So I'm looking for some people to produce right now and some stuff. But I should be writing raps. I know some people want to hear that from me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd say there's, as a, li as a listener and a fan of yours, I'd say there's definitely like two sides to what you do. There's definitely the production side and the, and the rap side. I mean, even on the most recent song that I've heard on your, uh, your Bandcamp, uh, let me see here, I've got it written down, Something in the Water, um, you've, oh, got, yeah. you've got somebody else producing that, right? And you're doing the, the vocal. Yeah, we worked on that together. Uh, Richie Cunning made that uh, music. And then, um, and he's like one of my best friends and uh, dude in my crew. And then I went to his house and recorded it, and we um, we sort of pieced together the beat uh, after that, like added different stuff on it. But he he came up with the the primary thing. It's definitely his his uh, piece, which is unusual for me. I usually work on my own over my own beats, um, unless it's like a you know the project somebody has asked me specifically to get involved with. But usually, if it's a song that I've written separately and it's just a solo thing, I Excuse me, I usually end up using one of my own. Uh, I, he had something that worked. I didn't have something that worked. That, that one worked really well, you know. And uh, that was hard. It was sort of a hard song to work on. But, like, it was... Uh, I think it was good to be not doing it alone, frankly. Like, sure. to just have somebody, you know, because it's, like, cathartic working on a song like that, to have somebody there help me work through it. Whatever. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Was uh, was good, you know. But yeah, usually I'm not. <clears throat> it's like two parts of my brain. It it, it is like I can't really write uh, stuff and make the music side at the same time. It's like I'm I'll be on a production kick for a few months, and then like my brain will switch over and be on a writing kick, and then sometimes I do visual art instead of one of those two things and that kind of cycles through I, I think I have uh, mental problems <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be cool if I could do it all at once or just pick one or something simplify my life a lot well, I mean, again, to me, as as a listener of yours, whenever I get the email, the Bandcamp email, like, Grit Grand's just released a new project, the fact that I know that you go through these phases and that it's always something new, you know, like, uh, when All Ages came out, I got the email and I kind of, like, went online and I, I downloaded it and I listened to it and I was like, this is not what I was expecting at all, like, these kind of, like, um, these kids' samples and it works so well and everything, but I've heard other stuff from you in the past where I never would have expected that type of project, so... Yeah, I, I always wonder if this is a detriment or... Uh, it means many people have done very well with their careers by not doing what I'm doing, by, like, figuring out what they're good at and staying in their lane, mm. you know? And um, I don't know, I just feel like I'm all, I'm all over the place. I have a very broad 
range of influences. I have a lot of different styles of stuff I, I want to work on. And, and I'm also like beholden to no one other than my own, the whims of my own taste. So, um, so I end up with stuff that's a lot like all over the map. And especially when you've been doing it for a long time and you go through a lot of life changes or you go through changes of what you want to do with your music or, you know, what you're trying to achieve. Um, so I always feel like I have, like if somewhere in my catalog, I probably have something for everyone, but that person would probably be disappointed by the next thing or something. It's what I always fear. It's like someone, there's like, I have a bunch of different people who wanted me to just do the one project they liked again. Maybe all artists get that, you know, versus people who are excited to see if I do something new. Mm. And uh, I can understand that. I think as a listener, I can understand that. Because, yeah, you, someone does something you like, you want to hear another thing that you like. And yet, as an artist, you want to always be trying new things. And, you know, it just... I don't know if you have to find a balance. There's some some people have found a balance, and I would love to be one of them. But for me, I'm always just like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna do this, and I hope hope someone's into it. You know, like I always think. I mean, I always like the stuff I put out on some level, and I'm hypercritical of it on others. But like, you know. Well, as long as it passes your standard, and I think that's the main thing. And I think like a sporadic um, back catalog is is a good one in my opinion i think it's a it's a great uh it's an attribute you know well, i hope so but yeah i mean a lot of the, i i think it's the producer part of me that wants to keep changing i mean the raps probably have not probably raps have changed a lot too over the years but it's just like i don't stop listening to music so you're always going to be influenced by something different and you know I think I've had a lot of derivative music in the past. I mean, if I get like real critical about myself, it's just, you know, whatever you're listening to at the time influences you. And then you're like, oh, I want to make something that's for me. I, I say I want to make something like that. So when I listen to my old music, I can always hear basically exactly what I was listening to at the time. I don't know if other people hear it that way, but I definitely do. Sometimes I think it's really obvious and other times maybe not so much. And, um, so, like, one of my ultimate goals in life as a musician is to just try to someday make an original sound. <laughs> but it's very hard, you know. There's a lot of people making sounds out there. And uh, sometimes I think you just fall into your own sound eventually uh, without even realizing it. I don't know if I'm there yet, you know. I should be, but I don't know. Maybe I'll never know. I don't, like, I don't even know if I have a sound. If other people say I do, I, I suppose I do, but I don't, to me, I, I'm always like, figure it out, you know, I don't have, I don't Well, whenever your stuff, whenever your stuff comes on shuffle in the car or anything like that, and I can't look at the screen, I know it's your stuff. So if that's any consolation, I always know it's you. So there must be some that sound is, there, you know yeah, what I mean? That is a great consolation. You know, I, I'm, I like, I, I'm the worst critic of myself to the point where it's like, I have so much music on my computer that people will probably never hear. You know, a lot of it's not done or anything, but just like it has to pass a pretty high standard for me personally before I'm willing to let the world hear it. Mm. Or, or I just have to be feel, like feeling cavalier that day. Every once in a while, I'll just put out something old. But usually, I like it's 
gone through this stringent uh, series of like tests where I hate it and then like I chip away at the things I hate until I don't hate it anymore. But there's all kinds of stuff I'm sitting on that's, you know, even my friends come over and like, this is fine, you should put it out. I don't know. I'd like to just, it's weird to put so much control and like neurosis into that though, and like, and then put out stuff and then to have people like react not at all. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough cycle, you know, where you like, to go through all that over I me, mean, you know, you write songs. It's hard. It's like you go through all that, you put yourself through all that, and then like, and you do it for yourself, not for other people. But you always you're letting other people hear it. So it's much better when they react than like don't react at all. Or, but don't you, you know. find it's the most annoying thing when um, you like you say your friends come over and you play them something and it's not finished. They go, "This is the best thing you've ever done," you know. And then you're like, no, it's not. Look at this thing that I took like four weeks to make, and it has layers all over. It. And they're like, ah, it's too much, you know. Just like, like the raw stuff. That's a good lesson, though, because uh, as artists, we are not always the best judge of what works, you know, or what works for other people. As listeners, may not be the thing that you, you know, you just can't predict. You can't predict. Like people have responded to stuff of mine that was exactly like that where I'm like I put no effort into that I don't know why you like it or it's just like some sounds unfinished to me and other things you could spend forever on and they you know they don't care because it's not the it's like not the effort that goes into creating it it's the art that matters it's the and the way that other people experience it is not really something we can predict so um I mean, that's sort of why, I guess, you you try to not think about those things when you're when you're making it, because you can't, uh, yeah, you'll just make yourself crazy, you know? Because I couldn't, I couldn't possibly predict people's reaction to stuff, and if I tried, when I'm like, people were like this, they, they proved me wrong, or they like some other thing, or, you know, pe- people's favorite song, for instance, off any given album of mine, uh, often surprises me. It's usually not the one I think. It's usually not the one that's my favorite, or it's not the one I would have predicted for whatever reason that people would like. So, man, I mean, once it leaves you, it sort of it's out of your hands. It's there. For good or, yeah, it belongs yeah. to the world. I mean, it doesn't belong like I still made it. <laughs> Although these days, it sort of belongs to the world in that way too. Like you don't own much of anything. It's on the internet and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's ultimately what I guess we're all going for is for your art to connect with people on some personal level. And, you know, the only way to, the best way to ensure that is to create it on, from a, to just do, do what you are feeling. Let me ask you this, by the way. Um, I wanted to kind of ask you, um, when you sit down to make a beat or you sit down to write a verse, how long does it generally take you and what is your process when it comes to that? And that really varies. I, I sometimes think I would have a more consistent sound if I had a more consistent process, but um, I haven't written a lot of stuff lately. Uh, but my, it used to be that I would, a lot of people write to a beat, and I do that occasionally, but often I would just be writing in bed before I fall asleep. Um, 
just just writing whatever just writing every night and then sometimes a song would come out sometimes it would be just some nonsense verse or you know i wouldn't get anywhere but kind of have to always be working uh to be available for when inspiration finally does strike so then when uh, a lot of the songs that i that um i don't know how to put it some songs just come out of me fully formed you know like like you just you're just I, I spent had that process of writing every night but i would not write a song every night mm. but but you would get for some reason really inspired uh and then just write the whole thing in one sitting other songs i've had to really go back and tinker on i do a lot of that like a lot of editing and um especially with raps like where you're you're trying to do so many things at once you know like some songs you're just trying to sell a story uh a lot of rap songs you're you're trying the you're trying to convey something but you're also trying to say it in a clever way and add all these different layers of meaning and you know all this different stuff so i would take multiple passes to try and like replace the lines i thought were lesser or whatever to the point where some songs have taken me months or like i worked on part of it two years ago and then came back to it, you know? And the same with the beats. Like, usually, if it's if I'm working with samples, I'll, I'll hear a record or something and have, um, I mean, instantly have some idea of what I, how I want to chop it or loop it or rearrange it into a song. You know, I'll hear a melody or something and then I'll start. Uh, so the other producers often start with the drums a lot of times, but I'd start with the melody. I'll start with something that I hear, loop that or put it in a range of how I want and then start adding stuff on top of it. And usually I'll just get an idea, like uh, eight bars, 16 bars. And so I have some idea of where the beat is going, but then I don't finish it until I will later come up with some. So one of my raps that I've written randomly in my bed happens to fit one of those beats. Like when I have a whole song written, I'll start looking through my stuff for beats or other people's stuff if I'm working with other people, but you know, and then something will fit, hopefully. And uh, and then I start putting them together and really making a song out of it. A lot of work goes into it after the raps are done. Then all, for me anyway, all the sequencing and arranging happens then. Some people do their beats fully formed to where it sounds like a finished song, just minus the vocals, mm. and uh, before there's even raps on, and I, which is good way to sell your beats, and I have not done a great job of that. Guys who do a lot of beat placement, that's one of their strengths, is they can make a whole beat and it sounds finished, so mm. they can send it to any number of artists, and those guys can imagine, or girls, what have you, the other artists can imagine themselves on that new track. A lot of stuff I do is not even finished enough to send out where I think people would hear it and you know, that's why I end up working on so much of just my own stuff. It's a very insular process. Hey guys, it's Roger here again. I just wanted to interject here and say that before the intro segment that you just heard, uh, we had a kind of preamble before the interview began properly. And uh, we had this really interesting chunk about uh, GG Doom, which was uh, the Grip Ground project that I first uh, found out about, which... Uh, if you're listening to this because you're a Grip Ground fan as well, you may be in the same boat because uh, this project was a bunch of uh, MF Doom remixes that got some huge traction and MF Doom shared it on his own page. 
And it kind of, uh, I can only imagine it was like a big, uh, it was a big influx of uh, fandom for Grip Grand. So uh, we talk about that. And for anyone who is a fan of this project, this is a real treat because as far as I know, uh, Grip Grand hasn't really spoken about the production of this album in an interview uh, like this before. So uh, you're in for a treat. Here we go. Uh, as you can probably guess, I'm a fan of yours. Um, I got into your music. Um, I hope so. This would be awkward. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, pretty much, uh, I found your music through, um, like I'm sure so many people have said to you, through the GG Doom uh, project. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, I delved into your music from there, basically. I was going to say, it's a cool project, so you can really see why it got the traction it did. But I guess when you're making these things, you never really see them reaching that level of acclaim, you know, to, you know it was like on oh, all the blogs and everything no, for a while oh. and stuff. Yeah, if I had expe- I mean, that was really unexpected. And uh, I mean, it ended up being like trouble. It got too much. I, I just really thought I would just hear it and my friends. I mean, I know I have like a small audience of people who listen to my music, but I didn't think they would listen to that. And I underestimated, I guess, um, the veracity of the the doom uh, cult. <laughs> well, I'm part of it. I shouldn't have underestimated it, but right. like, you know, he's an obsessively collected artist. And I think some people were just like, um, like it didn't blow up. I think I did good work on it, but obviously the fact that he his name was attached to it is why people checked it out. You know, if it had been terrible when they checked it out, then it wouldn't have gone anywhere. I like to think I had some part in that, but it's it was, you know, because it was a he's a cult figure, and so the cult got wind of it. That worked out well for me, but then it worked out too well, and like it got shut down. So. Yeah, what happened with that, by the way? Um, man, it it went through so many issues. I I put it out in the. I mean, basically, what ultimately what happened is, is that I got an email from Bandcamp where it was hosted, via, like uh, you know, on behalf of Metal Fingers Records. Which is, uh, I don't know if it was his label or his publishing company or whatever. Somebody with his last name was the official name on the email. And they just said it had been taken down. They didn't really tell me, give me any warning or anything. Um, and they didn't shut my account down or anything, but they just took it down. Originally, it was free, and then I ran out of free downloads on Bandcamp, and then they started charging for it automatically, which... That never happened to me. I didn't even realize that was a thing that that website did. Mm. Like, it looked like I was trying to make money off it, off his music, you know. And so it got it got taken down. But but then it was on his Facebook page. I mean, before that, it was on his Facebook page, and it was very hard to tell. It's hard to tell how that dude even handles his business. You know, he's like such a shadowy figure. I don't know page with some kind of tacit approval i mean it was by somebody but th- like has he even heard it I, I have no idea it's strange i'd like to think that he po- possibly has i mean the fact that there was anything to do with that you would have thought there'd be a conversation at some point where it'd be like you know to <laughs> yeah. daniel dumoulin like hey by the way there's this guy who's done a project of uh mashups he's like you know let me hear it and he hears these these great remixes and stuff and it's like okay and then they share it on the page that's kind of how i have it in my head anyway but 
Man, I would like to think so too. It was also on the um, this website, Rap Cats, that uh, does a bunch all the promo for him and and Madlib mm-hmm. and um, Dilla. Those are, I, I don't know who else they work for, and I don't know exactly what they do, but it's like all those guys' stuff is on this one site and seems officially sanctioned in some way. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if it's like his manager sanctioned it or whatever. Someone, someone in the camp was okay with it enough to like not sue me and to allow it to live in a couple of places and i was happy i mean the best would be a real i would love to do a real one where it was not unofficial you know if it had more acapellas laying around or to put out like real vinyl of the first one but i think there's rights issues regardless i'm, I'm not sure he even owns all those acapellas himself so um yeah and you know not only helps me doesn't really help him he's fine with what he's got going yeah true true he's, he's doing okay i mean he's, he's doing, doing okay doing well enough to send like uh fake versions of himself to shows so you know oh my lord yeah i you know i don't want to question the genius i know some people who are pretty burned about some of those shows but, it's funny uh, actually i was watching a documentary on him uh just before i got on the call with you actually on youtube and it was almost saying like us as Doom fans, if we have a problem with um, him like sending bots to shows or like fake Dooms to shows, it's almost hypocritical in a way because that's like a villainous activity in and of itself, if you see what I mean. Yeah, well, it is like the prototypical Doctor Doom thing to do. So, is he MF Doom or is he Doctor? If he just becomes the actual Marvel supervillain, starts sending bots to himself everywhere and trying to blot out the sun. <laughs> yeah. That would be like his next. Project. I don't know. I'm- yeah, that's his next project. <laughs> Eclipse 2018. I, uh, yeah, I mean, he's actually got a bunch of stuff come out right now. Uh, or something. They're, like, dropping 15 new Doom songs, and one of them is purportedly a new KMD song, which is exciting. I'm not sure even what that means, but, like, yeah, I mean, I'm super into that guy. That's why I did that project. I, I follow what he does. I have no contact with him other than spiritually, but, you know, sure. I... Like, I've been the, like, which I bought when it came out in 1991. Uh, I have been a big, <laughs> a big fan, so I don't know. But yeah, that, I think we were just talking about Labors of Love. That that definitely was one. I made that record just, just for myself, just because I wanted to hear some more, more new Doom stuff that sounded like old Doom stuff, and there wasn't any at that time, so I made some. I don't know. I feel like it came at a good time in the sort of um, in the Doom discography, where, like you say, there wasn't really anything particularly new at the time. And when I saw the project was out, I was like, "Hey, this is great!" Because although I'd heard the verses before, the beats felt so new around those verses that uh, it was just a really interesting thing to hear. Anyway. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's, I felt the same way too, and I wanted to. I mean to one of the reasons I would think like maybe he has never heard it or doesn't have time for it or doesn't care is that um, there are a lot of bad Doom remixes out there. There are a lot of bad anybody's remixes, but you know, mm-hmm. now that there's so much easy access online to acapellas and to programs that will just like throw your stuff together, a lot of people are putting verses over beats that it, they don't fit. I mean, for any artist, but like where it's just like not every rap goes to every drum pattern, you know? You can't just slam things together at the same BPM, or worse, 
things where they don't even match the BPM and the verse is all offbeat. Like, there's a lot of that stuff out there. And I'm just like, you know, he's making us look bad as producers if you think that that is a finished thing that people should be hearing. I just think, like, if you're going to do a remix, you know, make it fit. And, um, yeah, I've just... I wanted to, like, pay the utmost respect to those verses and those songs or whatever and try to make it sound like a as much like a Doom record as I could, you know, just, like I said, just for myself, because that's what I want to hear. So... I think I did a good job. I'm very proud of that project, not going to no, lie. No, you should be, you should be, because like you say, the beats fit the, ver the verses so well, and say you were remixing, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else who's a little more on the beat, uh, I don't know, uh, Nas, for example, right? It mm -hmm. may be a little bit easier, but when you're remixing Doom, he's so kind of like drawly and like even Dilleresque yes. in a sort of way, like where he's sort of like behind the beat a little bit. So like to, for you to put those beats behind and for it still to have that groove is, I'm not trying to be flattering her. I'm just saying my feelings. No, on the I, record. Like, I, I appreciate just it because I spent a lot of time. Yeah, thank you. I, I spent a lot of time on that. You know, he has a real particular pocket and um, it's only from being like an obsessive fan myself that I, and a rapper myself, that I have some ear for like, you know, where he's landing on the beat. Like, I paid a lot of attention to that and try and get it where he put it the first time on the beat, you know? Like, he knows where the pocket is, so, like, a lot of people to move his stuff around to try and, like, make it fit their beat better, and, um, you know, I, I mean, I did move things around, but you shouldn't hear it when you hear the song. It should sound like how he intended it, and I feel like I'm just such a big fan. I already knew. I knew those verses so well, uh, with the exception of, like, you know, one one of them, I think, was from a song I, I wasn't familiar with. But, um, you know, that that's part of it. That's part of it when you're doing any remix is knowing what it is that... Uh, I've had my own stuff where other producers remixed it and they put my thing off beat. And I'm just like, you know, go listen to the original song. You'll hear where it's supposed to land on the beat. It's not that complicated. Exactly. You know, but... But for some folks, it is. I mean, it is. I don't want to undersell what we do, too. It is complicated. It's like the job of doing this is, uh, particularly with remixes and stuff like that, is to make it sound easy. Like, when you hear it, whatever the song is I'm making, my own, someone else's, when you hear it, it should sound, like, seamless, you know, like it was born into the world that way. But for me, it's a bazillion tiny decisions about shit that you, as the listener, hopefully won't even perceive when you ultimately hear it and the doom stuff was definitely like that like so much work if you looked at the files for it the, the compute like the session on this computer is very dense with material yeah. chopped up little stuff you know okay so that was grip talking about uh gg doom and uh how that all worked and uh i couldn't really find a good way to kind of transition from that into the next segment so i thought i'd just do this little uh cold open to the next section uh, Grip talks about a new project, uh, which you couldn't give too many detail details on, but that's coming out uh, vaguely under the bracket of soon. <laughs> so uh, he talks about that and how he uses some live instrumentation and how it's still a sample-based project, but um, the restrictions he put on himself, which uh, kind of ties into the way that we use time as a restriction on the podcast to uh, to get our uh, writing done. Uh, so uh, here we go. I'm going to jump into that. 
that this project I'm doing recently has been an opportunity for me to break out some of my instruments. Like I have an acoustic guitar, electric, and I have a nice bass that I won in a contest. And, uh, but I never use those things in my hip hop production. I mean, I have, but generally speaking, I don't. And, um, it's been cool to, to break this stuff out and just make sound with it. You know, like, even if I don't really know how to play sometimes <laughs> I can, um, the good thing about being good at editing audio, which I am now, is like I'm making all these songs and I'll play as much of the bass line, for instance, as I can live. Mm. Uh, but then I'll just like sample myself and chop it and alter it. If I can't, if I hit the wrong note, I can just fix it. Like it's in a way it's cheating. I mean, I guess it's cheating, but I don't have any other option. You know, I don't have a bass player. So I just uh a lot of these songs are sort of pieced together like that. Like I will play the guitar chords that I can. And if I can't play the chord, I'll play the individual notes and make the chord on the computer or there's a lot of tricks, but um, I like it. It's been fun working with the real uh, instrument. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sorry. I've always kind of wondered with your stuff. Like, I think it's, um, it's kind of a testament to, to your production, like the quality of your production, I can never tell what's played live and what's sampled, uh, which I think is a good thing because obviously uh, they, they say that when you listen to music, you picture the person playing it, which I think mm -hmm. is a really weird thing to say when it comes to hip hop or like electronic music because that's uh, interesting. Yeah. At the same time, you listen to, you listen to Dilla, for example, and you do kind of picture Dilla, you know, over the over the NPC. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. You kind of hear his yeah. fingers hitting the pads, so. Yeah, it's true. I mean, some some people you definitely get a stronger sense of that than others. Adila is a great example, you know. Mm. He, um, and because we've probably uh, all seen footage of him doing it yes. at this point, like if you've watched enough of those videos, which I definitely have, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I I I even think one of the reasons I have sort of disparate sounds to my catalog is because I have had trouble settling on one piece of equipment. Mm. And um, so I can't, uh, it's always a challenge for hip hop musicians in the polite conversation with people outside the scene when they're like, oh, what do you play? Right. And I'm like, uh, computers? I mean, sample, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to, you know, like, I, whatever you got, man. Yeah, you're, like, you're a composer like and you'll, you'll use whatever yeah. you need. Sure. Exactly. I feel, I feel like my strengths are in composition and and, uh, and arranging, particularly if you're a, if you're a sample based producer. What a lot of what you're doing is arrangement. You're not hiring a string section to do such and such. You're just grabbing strings from some other song and putting them in there. But the the concept is the same. If I had a band behind me for this project I'm working on right now, I would arrange them and ask the place that I'm piecing it together and sampling myself and editing it on the computer, but it's the same idea. So I guess I could tell people I'm an arranger, but um, there are people like Dilla who I think, or, or uh, and what's the guy's name? Uh, A-Rab Music. Mm. I don't know if you've ever watched him. He's just like, the, the MPC is absolutely an instrument in his hands. He's like a piano player. I've seen a couple of videos. He's like, you know, it's all over nuts. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, guy has, and there's a few guys online doing that, uh, people online doing that, where they just have like the fin magic fingers on those things. And they are really playing those machines and certainly drum machines when they were first created even. It's, it was an instrument, it's a digital instrument, but it's an instrument. I don't have a single piece of production equipment that I 
work with in that way where I feel so closely aligned to it and I know the ins and outs of everything. I have a bunch of stuff that I know pretty well and I can get what I'm going for out of, but I do sometimes wish I had focused on one thing because it, it uh, helps you have a signature sound, certainly, you know, and... Um, um, that's kind of one of the funny things about uh, having you uh, sort of like an interview guest on the show is, um, like, a lot of our listeners... I say a lot of our listeners. Uh, whatever listeners we have, it's probably like a small... Millions and millions. The millions of guys, yeah, guys and gals across the globe. But um, we obviously, like, write on acoustic instruments, but... Um, I think that what we're talking about on the show, more than writing with an acoustic guitar or a piano or singing with your voice, is just the process of being creative. So when I listen to your stuff, like I say, I kind of, I can't tell what's played and what is sampled. And I think that the idea that, you know, like when you say you're in polite conversation with people and they go, so what do you play? Uh, I think sometimes the, the more interesting question is like, it doesn't matter if you're triggering a bar of strings or if you're playing a bar of strings but the fact that you're putting it together is the most interesting thing i think yeah well i mean you know that i have come to uh this type of music i make uh, as a sort of form of collage um that's how i think of it a lot of times it's an audio collage it's some projects much much more than others like the doom thing where it's like I couldn't count the number of samples and pieces of different songs that were used to create that. To me, it's entirely analogous to, oh, back. Um, analogous to visual collage, where you're making a new work out of pieces of other work. You know, for me, it's pieces of audio work. And sometimes, like a collage artist, I will add my own colors, my own brushstrokes to that. Um, but the ultimate goal is for it to be a seamless, uh, not to be seamless, it's all right to see the seams, but to, for it to be a finished new piece of work on the other end, you know? Mm. And um, so, yeah, it, it is a process of composition and assembly, and and it has turned out to be the same process when I am doing these covers. Like, this is really a journey of sort of self-discovery for me to, to and a challenge. Uh, maybe the same as like you giving yourself limits uh, oh, you know, I've only have uh, seven days to do these songs I find that I thrive in a creative situation where I have limits versus Absolutely. Yeah. you know that because I've had uh, I've had the opposite I've had sort of <clears throat> you, you can do so much now with the equipment the computers whatever I have access to any I don't even need this massive record collection I have anymore I can just get songs off YouTube you get whatever mm. there's no limit to the material you can draw from or to the types of music you can make or to the ideas you can have and it, i find that sort of me from creating in a way like too many options so if i limit myself you know uh I, and i've had projects where it was a time limit that's one way to do it mm. or i'm only going to make things on these instruments or like all ages you know it was that i, I can only sample things from it has to be from a kid's record <laughs> yeah. or when i couldn't find enough drums then i was like okay well it has to be from a kid's record or um this one set of classic breakbeats mm. uh the the name of which i am not saying although they're all really well known mm. um they, but there is a classic assembly of well-known breakbeats and i was like i can only get things from one of these two sources 
Um, and when I had uh, my friend do the scratching on the album, um, DJ Flip was out in Dublin. Mm. Shout out to the rest of the UK. Uh, <laughs> scratch on this, you have to use something from a kid's record or you have to use something from this this set of break beats. And, um, you know, so the sound, so like you said, it has a particular sound, all those like sunshiny kids sound samples, but yeah. that's what, the, that's what makes it that project. And so I've thought of, and right now it's this thing, this project I'm working on, you know, I'm right now I'm using basically no samples unless they're samples of myself. Trying to make a whole project with these, with my real instrument. The creative process um, I suggested is the same, you know, it's just like, I don't have a band, so I got to do it one piece at a time. Sometimes it's one bar at a time. Sometimes it's one whole, you know, segment at a time or whatever, but it's still a kind of, it's like building a house out of, out of bricks, you know, like, yeah, having to do it one, one little, one, one section at a time, you know, it must be great to work with a band and just be like, this guy's going to, you know, play the bass for the whole length of the song and this, she's going to do the drums for the whole length of the song. Like that must be real. <laughs> Stuff gets done a lot faster, I imagine. Well, that's the thing. I'm I mean, like, if you're doing anything by yourself, it's always much harder, you know. Uh, but then at the but same time... But you have time, the creative control. Exactly. You have all the control. You get to go, this is how the bass line goes. Not that, no, no, no. No extra beat there. Just like, exactly. You can choose exactly how you want it. Yeah, I like both of those. Oh, I lost. Okay, you back? I'm back. It seems to be like one second where like it just kind of loses and then comes back. But <laughs> Sorry. Just the uh, talking to space through our computers, I guess, is that is a challenge. Yeah. I don't know why. I expect so much, you know. Um, yeah, I like having total control. Mm. Uh, and there have been times I worked with other people that I was like, this is frustrating, you know, because I have to argue for every one of my ideas. And there have been other times when I collaborated with people and it turned out much better and much different than it would if I had done it myself. Yeah. You, get, you get a result from working with other people that you would not by working alone because they come up with something or you come up with something interesting together or you have some like accidental discovery somebody plays the wrong note it turns out great whatever and that, mm. that stuff you kind of take that out when you work all by yourself and um i mean sometimes that's fine but but there is something to be said too for that for that magic of collaborating and getting out something that neither person would have gotten by themselves you know Absolutely. So I try and do that. Every once in a while, I do that. With hip hop, it, you gotta it tends to be like one on one sort of thing, doesn't it? Like a sort of duo. Yeah, well, I mean, it is for me a lot of the time when I'm working. I, I never know how people get stuff done. I mean, uh, in any sense, with a lot of people in the room, when it comes down to actual creation, that's hard for me. Um, I have friends who like to record with like a bunch of people outside listening to them and adding suggestions and stuff and i don't like to do that it's like to like work with one person in the room or no people in the room and a lot of times when i'm recording even if i'm working on a song like when i did uh, something in the water i went to to my homie's house to record it but he left the room when i did the raps i mean i think he was there first but it's such a painstaking process for me that i think he either got bored or uncomfortable with it sure sure and uh, you know because i uh 
because I work alone, I tend to record the raps like usually I'm just recording myself. So I'll do the vocals like 10 or 15 times all the way through just and then find the best take because I don't have someone sitting there going, that was the one or whatever. Mm. You know, like the you don't have the immediate feedback of collaborating with someone. So instead, I just decided to do many, many passes by myself and um, and then sort of edit them until they sound like one thing. Unless I luckily got one of them all the way through. But uh, that process is frustrating for other people to watch. And I've definitely had other producers like walk out of the room and like leave me to record <laughs> for a cute few hours by myself. Like, yeah, that that happened a lot on uh, on some of my some of my projects. I don't know. I'm a sort of an obsessive control freak, but you know that is how you get the result you want, I guess. Or I don't know if I've ever gotten the result I want, but that's how you get close. I got a couple of um, closing questions for you, if that's okay. Please, yes, ask away. I'm I'm here. Um, okay, we've got a kind of thing that we do on the show. It's like a fairly new thing where um, I kind of like uh, combine these two things. First of all, we have a weekly listening. Uh, segment which is where we name three albums we've been listening to um during either the last week or since our last um writing session and i was wondering if there's three albums that are currently in rotation for you that uh you could name what am i listening to uh man i would love to just check on my phone um well there was some stuff it's i mean it's not in current rotation it's a new action bronson album came out uh today or last night at midnight or whatever <laughs> and so in anticipation of that uh, a friend of mine i i spent the last week staying at another friend's house it's a sort of long story but i'm working with him on some of his studio stuff and we listened to this previous action bronson album a whole bunch of times uh mr wonderful it's called and um and I think that's a very solid hip hop record and uh, didn't even like blow up as much as I thought it was going to for Bronson. So that was, we listened to that a bunch last week. I've been listening to a bunch of this guy Haslo, his name is H A S dash L O, um, who's a rapper and producer. And he, he produced and has a verse on the newest Open Mike Eagle. Uh, song or second newest a song called 95 radios mm -hmm. that i played a lot and um and then i was listening to a bunch of other haslow and uh, he's got some real good stuff in his catalog and he has a new project out as well i think just came out last week and then and then open mike eagle we were listening to a bunch uh who's great i just think he's like one of the best musicians working right now certainly one of the best uh hip-hop artists um all his stuff's just been phenomenal lately. He's got a lot to say, and he says it in a really interesting way. And, and his new project's coming out, I think, in September. Like, there's a new Wu-Tang song out, and I know out of respect I should have listened to that already. I had no but idea. I, I had no idea yeah, there was well, one out, so... <laughs> it was just randomly dropped, like, you know, on... Uh, I finally signed up for Spotify. I was not on the streaming legit streaming paid streaming for a long time but i signed up mostly so i could get all the new releases on friday when they come out and just hear everything and, um you know that was one of the things that people were like oh, this wu-tang song is surprisingly good which is a that's a weird state of affairs now when we look at the songs of our like and if it's a new thing we're like 
hoping for the best, you know, like, but that's, like we're expecting yeah. it not to be good. That's like a constant with like artists who like, who I personally love. And I think it's the same for loads of people in, in this day and age, like, uh, for example, like, uh, well, I don't know, Wu-Tang is a good example. Um, I'm a big Prince fan. Before Prince died, I wasn't really that keen on his stuff. I was like, this might be good, you know. Um, right. But it's strange because like David Bowie, um, I'm trying to think hip-hop-wise as well, because um, as you can probably tell, I kind of got like a mixture of both. I kind of like my singer-songwriter type of people and, and hip-hop artists as well. But it is a strange, like you say, state of affairs when it's... Uh, you question it. It's not like, oh my god, this new Wu-Tang. It's like, okay, let's see what this is like. Right. Well, it's hard to, because all of those artists... It's like it's not like you can listen to the more recent Bowie and Prince and be like, these guys are not amazing musicians. Like, that's still clear. Mm. But maybe the songs didn't capture the same thing as, like... I don't know. It's a lot to expect of an artist. I can't be like, hey, could you make you know, whatever, Ziggy Stardust for the 50 millionth time. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand why David Bowie didn't want to do that, but I also understand as a listener why I'm like, but it'd be good if you could, yeah. because that's a perfect record, you know, or just like a few more hunky-dories, Dave. That's, but it's a lot to ask for, you know, people to recreate the songs of their youth. I mean, I couldn't even do that, and I'm not, those guys are gods. You know, yeah. I saw Prince in concert like right before he died for the oh, first really? time. Not before he died for the first time. I mean that too. Oh <laughs> right, sure. I saw him in concert for the for the first time. Yeah, it was just like a couple few weeks. I saw him. He, he played in Oakland, and uh, it was probably the best show I ever saw in my life. It was like, like that guy was like a alien or like a higher form of being. I've really never seen something like that. You know, there are a few artists you can imagine like that, but where they just seem to like have, they'd be channeling some higher power. Um, I certainly am not that. But those guys too have trouble capturing, you know, I remember, I'm so old that I remember hating on newer print stuff that's considered classic now because I was like, <laughs> it's not Purple Rain. Sure. Because I was like a pain in the ass little kid with opinions, you know? Right, or right, right. Like when I was a, I used to be a big Beatles fan. I mean, I still am. But like when I was a kid, I thought I knew all about the Beatles. And then I would like poo poo their solo work because I was like, they fell off. I'm like, what the fuck was I? <laughs> I was wrong. But, but you know, I mean, as listeners, we have opinions and we have things that we're attached to and we want to hear something you know i think we just want to be moved is like if the new songs by anybody sounded nothing like their old stuff but they still moved you then it wouldn't matter completely that's how i feel about you know the david bowie and prince and everything like with the yeah. new wu-tang i haven't heard it yet but i wouldn't be expecting a new 36 chambers you know no right um, you can't but it's they can never I mean, do that it's it's weird though i think like we're kind of on a whole different tear now but i think um part of being a fan is is doing that conversation of like, hey, this isn't as good as like Purple Rain, or this isn't as good as Thirty Six Chambers, or not even not as good, good as, but comparing and contrasting and talking about it as fans is kind of like almost affectionate in a way. It's almost like a nice thing, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's only because we love these other things so much that we're holding the artists to a certain standard because you like know what they're capable of. But, mm. but what any of us was capable of when we were that age or at that stage in our career or in those circumstances that created that piece of art necessarily you know it's different for 
it's that thing of like, you know, you can never step in the same river twice because either the river will be different or you'll be different when you step in it. Like you, you're not, I'm not the person who created my debut album and, you know, in my bedroom in whatever, 1999 and whenever I was recording it. And uh, I couldn't even recreate the stuff I made five years ago or you just like, so I can understand as an artist why Prince didn't make another Purple Rain. He certainly made some other amazing things after that. So it for sure. turned out turned out okay for Prince. He but is like that's another guy where you're like, we don't even hear it always as artists. Like you you might have to wait until the person dies and then you're like, let me revisit this later stuff that I wasn't that into. Oh, it turns out some of this is really great. Yes. But I I wasn't willing to hear it or I kept comparing it to, you know, it's like that's not the artist's fault. That's that's like the baggage that the listener brings to it. But it is all fair stuff, you know. You're the. You're if you don't like it, you don't like it. It sort of doesn't matter why. Exactly. So let me ask you this, um, and this might be a difficult one to answer, but it, where do you see your music in five, maybe ten years? That is a difficult one to answer. I don't know if I've ever known the answer for that. I mean. Well, what would you what would you like it to sound like? What kind of like new sound might <laughs> I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, sampling is really a tough place to be. Like, to keep making sample based music is hard because you can't use it for so many things where you might make money from it. Mm. Um, or you can if you can pay to clear samples. And I don't want to get into a whole conversation about whether I'm paying to clear samples, but just know that it's very expensive and a lot of people, uh, particularly people at my level, are not. So it means that if somebody wants to use your music in a movie or video game or these various ways that you can make money now, um, since you can't make it off album sales, uh, it hurts you, you know? Yeah. So it'd be cool to make some stuff like some original music or some non-sample based music that people liked because so much of the non-sample based music I've made is like not people's favorite, you know? Mm. Um, but I, I wouldn't, I would like to be able to just transition into making more original stuff. Lots of people uh, are making non-sample beats that are quite good. I thought if I, if I learned how to copy a bunch of really good songs, like these cover songs I'm doing, I know the songs are good because I didn't write them and they've already been sampled. Mm. If I learned to copy those, then maybe I could make my own type of songs that I could either sample myself or that would be interesting enough to hear on their own, but like still kind of like the type of songs people sample, soulful, breakbeat type stuff. So that's one thing I'd like to pursue. Other than that, I, I, I would like to be making more beats for other people, like, uh, or to be working with other lyricists. I think as a rapper, it becomes harder as I get older to rap about things that interest me or to rap about things that would interest other people. Um, I don't know. Or maybe I just have writer's block. But I, I would like to be working with other, to find some other newer, younger artists to, to keep to keep going with, you know, and to... I've never done a full production project for someone. Like the way the Gigi Doom was, I'd like to do that for somebody making new original songs together. And... Um, I think that would be a lot of fun, you know? I don't know if, how it would be received, but I, but if I could find somebody 
Well, that would be really cool to hear from you. I mean, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you could email um, Metal Fingers Records or Rap Cats and maybe we could hear you doing some fresh verses on, oh on your God, beats. How I cool wish. would that be? It'd be great. That, that was a dream. I mean, I have, a, I still have stuff, too, that didn't get used. I have, you know, all these samples and things that I was like, this would be good for part two. Um, yeah, that, that, that would be a dream. Or, you know, any, any of the artists that I really admire obviously the and plenty of people who aren't as famous as doom i would like to work with in that capacity i just i like you know it especially if i'm feeling kind of uninspired other people's energy can inspire you in that way when you're working with with new fresh ideas and i think maybe i need to do that to engage with some other people and i'm trying to do that right now but man five years like that's so long in today's hip-hop world that's true actually that's a fair point you know like that's who, who knows like look at how the tech even just the technology and the way we listen to music has changed so much in five years uh not to mention like the sound of what's being made right now and you know that, man it's a good question I, but I, I really it's so hard to predict things are moving so quickly right and i am just like barely keeping up you know, it's, it's everything I can do to like stay like poorly informed about what's going on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, keeping up with hip hop is so difficult at the moment because it's, I personally think it's a great time for hip hop. And, you know, there's yeah. so many artists around who are very new but also have some roots in, in classic golden era hip hop. And, uh, yeah, they're just doing great things at the moment. I think there's even been albums so far this year, which I'd probably count as classics uh, already to some capacity. Oh, man, that Kendrick Lamar album. I still listen to that. That There, there definitely are some classic albums this year. Damn. Stuff like that, where, where I'm like, I'm so far away from achieving that, like that level of an album you can hear right away and be like yeah this is one for the ages this is everybody working at their everybody involved in it working at their highest potential is, is that damn you're talking about yes yeah damn. i haven't heard damn yet i've um i've heard um everything up to damn so far but i don't know why oh, i had boy. it kind of lukewarm is it good no i love it i mean i have everything's opinions i like it much much more i th thought it was a lot easier to listen to than uh to Pimp a Butterfly, certainly, which sounded like a purposely dense and challenging album. You know, like, I, I think To mm. Pimp a Butterfly sort of has a lot of ideas in it and uh, a lot of cool sounds, but was not that fun to listen to. And Damn just has a lot more... It's not like he's saying anything less. It just has a lot more catchy, like, lyrics and beats. And, uh, yeah, for me, that really... That was the one, the one this year. But um, I mean, they're, they're, I don't know. That's always my goal. It's just like to look at albums like that where I'm like, this is so good and I'm so far away from that. To just keep pushing myself toward that. You know, in the, when I started, I had very, set my goals very low mm. as a musician. I, I was just like, I just want to have a 12 inch out and sort of be considered as part of the same group of like these other random super underground rappers that I was into. Right. And uh, you do it long enough, or like, you might, you might as well just aim higher. Like, I I don't think I'll ever achieve being a Prince or Stevie Wonder or Bowie, but like, 
you know, to hold myself to those, or I, I should be aiming for that. Why not? Like, sure. Why not try to make like the all-time classic thing? I don't know how, but why not just have that be your goal? So that's my goal: to just make an original, great <laughs> album. I, will we even be listening to albums in five years? I don't know. I really hope I so. I think it's an art form that should continue, personally. I think so too. I saw somebody making the argument about it being like. Uh, it's not just a collection of songs, it's sort of like a play, you know, um, where you wouldn't, where it's, it's a, I mean, maybe a lot of albums are not that anymore, but that, that's still how I try to make albums as a single, singular piece of art and to be experienced all together. And uh, I don't know that I've ever like fully achieved that goal either, but um, yeah. When people started considering albums just sort of like a playlist, I think there's something potentially lost there because I believe in the album as an art form, you know, like it's like watching a whole movie versus like watching five minutes from out of the movie. I completely agree. But I mean, I, I think like there is, at least in like the artists who are huge at the moment, there seems to be some kind of uh, feeling that the album is important. Like the one that comes to mind for some reason is... Um, the new Jay-Z album, and Jay-Z is a guy who could have easily just gone, look, I'm going to put this on title, and it's not an album, it's just like a collection of songs, and it's just these new things, but, you know, his new album is certainly an album uh, in the realist sense, yeah. I, I, I think, anyway. Yeah, I agree. I, in, in fact, it's so much so that, I, that that album maybe has the, as a listener, I was sort of like, this guy's like the king of singles, you know, and there's hardly anything you would consider a single on this record. Um, but I think, yeah, he was just really focused on getting out the idea of what that record is and covering those sets of emotions and topics. And, you know, I, 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 there was a lot to like about that album. And then there were some things where I was like, I think I would have liked this album if it had slightly more of some of the things that I associate with older Jay-Z albums, you know, slightly more polish or bombast or mm. um, catchiness or something. But, like, that's just me wanting him to repeat, you know, like, again, it's the same thing. Like, he did what he intended to do, I think. Uh, he and No ID did and, uh, and achieved it. So I'm just, like, dickering about details, you know, like... I was sort of like, they should have gave the whole thing to Kanye and let him executive produce it after they had all these ideas and then make it into something bigger. But, like, that's not what they were going for. Well, it's that's like a good the idea, most. Though. It's an intimate sounding Jay Z album, which almost is like, it's not something I would have expected at a certain point in his career. Mm. So, I think it was a good move. I don't know if he'll make another one like that. It's sort of hard for me to imagine him. He doesn't seem super comfortable being vulnerable, Jay-Z. No, he doesn't. But, some of the lyrics on that album, like, he's a, he's a closed man, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. some of the lyrics, um, and they're only scattered between, but even the ones that you hear are just like, wow, you know, it kind of makes you respect him a little bit more, you know? No, absolutely. I, I, mean, I think he, uh, he let his guard down more than, you know, he had, certainly probably ever has in the public eye. And, uh, you know, he does. Jay Z has definitely earned his place in the rap pantheon. Like, uh, but that said, I'd still like another Jay Z album with like Kanye beats and Just Blaze. You know, part of me would just want him to make Blueprint over and over again <laughs> because that's a good record. And 
but it's not not ever gonna happen. I don't even know if any of those guys talk to each other anymore. I don't know if Just Blaze even makes rap beats anymore. Who knows? It's hard to say. It's funny though how um, throughout the whole conversation we come back to this um, topic of like uh, wanting artists to be a particular thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I think about it a lot because I'm a because I'm a musician, but I'm such a fan such a like crazy fan of music you know that's how it started that's like since i was as young as i can remember so i think about both sides of that a lot um just because i know i have expectations as a listener you know mm-hmm. regardless of whether that's fair or not you, like yeah i don't know and i think about it a lot too because they're because you know, you know, when you if you're talking to another musician and you're somebody who makes music, then you can sort of, you just have a different perspective on it, on whatever they've created. Um, and sometimes you can appreciate things because you appreciate the process, even if you don't like the song or whatever, you know. Mm. But there are a lot of a lot of people, especially like on Twitter and stuff, people with like strong opinions about stuff and they don't know how it's created. And I'm not saying their opinions are not valid or anything, but it... Sometimes, sometimes they seem not valid. Yeah, They're sometimes. just spouting off about like shit they know nothing about. You know, I don't know if it's true that to be a critic you should have to know how to do the thing you're critiquing, but I do think this is an age of critique uh, that has abandoned that a little, and like that's a shame. You know, if like if you're really gonna be like if you're writing for magazines or press or whatever, you should probably have done some research and have a background in at least the process or have studied it, even if you can't do it yourself. So you don't sound like you're just talking out your ass, like you just have an opinion. I think there's a lot of uh, crit- criticism masquerading as opinion, uh, like opinion masquerading as criticism, I should say. I completely agree. I think that's, that's prevalent all over, well, especially in rap, uh, rap media, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it... it Since I'm the old guy, it's easy for me to be like, I have all this context. I've heard multiple decades of hip-hop as it was coming out. Um, So my take is different on things, but I can't... I don't... I mean, I have to not hold younger generations to that or people who are just coming into it to that, you know, like... It's not like you can't have an opinion unless you've heard every classic rap album or something. That wouldn't be fair at this point, so... But somewhere in the middle, you know, like a balance would be good, you know? Yes. Yeah, of course. Or, like, if you're new to something, maybe don't, like, spout off with your strong opinions all the time, immediately. Like, that's that's with anything. We should all keep our mouths shut and learn more. But, uh, yeah, like, I I, I started realizing that the, the way that people listen to rap now... Uh, is maybe different or like the standards of what people are listening for in a song are different than the standards that my generation used to have or excuse me that we held certain artists to you know it's got to be authentic or it's got to have bars or it's got to be whatever Mm. and I just think most of that's been abandoned or there's so many sub-genres now that don't you know you don't need bars for people to think you're a good rapper you don't need a certain kind of beat. You don't need, I don't know. I feel like all that changed, so I just have to be like, I'm old, they're young. What they're saying is valid for them. 
maybe I should listen and try to learn from the younger generations too, rather than be the old guy just like shaking his fist at, you know, the sky wow. saying back in my day. I don't know. I don't see you as the old guy. To be honest with you, I, I think as long as you're, I don't either. But <laughs> as long as you're making what you think is good hip hop, and you're making what you're proud of, as you said earlier in the call, you know, it's uh, that's really the main thing, you know. Yes, but sometimes I think like when I say hip hop, maybe that's part of it. Is like hip hop has been around long enough that when I say hip hop, and some other person says hip hop, we're not even necessarily talking about the same thing, you mm. know, or. Or it's like rock and roll, where that's a very broad term. And so we came up with all these subgenres so that we don't confuse the conversation. And maybe hip hop could use a little more of that at this point, you know, this many decades in, where like Lil Yachty is not making the same music as Nas or Run DMC or whatever. And maybe we shouldn't be, you know, expecting him to or asking that he be held to the same standards as or you know he's got his own set of standards he's got his own audience he's trying to capture and he's doing a great job of it so i do see a lot of people my age very easily falling into the thing of like all the new rap is bad mm. thing and you know to me that a lot a lot of that is kind of old manism just because man there was bad rap when we were kids too you know and well, exactly. There's always good and bad, you know? Yeah, and there were people who didn't say anything, and they were great. So, like, what, you know, like, it just, that's, like, that's falling too much into the trap of, like, nostalgia, making you think everything used to be better. Um, I don't know. I try not to do that, but it is hard sometimes. Sometimes I do, like, I'll just listen to everything, new stuff that people say is good, and it does not move me at all and you know but so at that point i'm like i don't know if i should judge it or not it's just it's not for me it just doesn't move you particularly it's not you know it's not it has to meet your own criteria i suppose at the end of the day yeah it, it has to speak to me you know but there are new songs that speak to me by by young guys or guys working in new styles and there are there are songs by guys working in the old styles that don't speak to me you know a lot of the stuff that is considered like a throwback to what i grew up on whether it's like i don't know i don't want to name a bunch of artists but there are new younger artists who are kind of like do uh, or were thought of as like a 90s throwback by like joey badass and guys like that mm. and um you know sometimes i'm not saying him i'm just like there's a lot of that stuff that didn't appeal to me either even though it's supposed to sound like the stuff i grew up on because it's not the stuff I grew up on, and it's just like, you know, basically you can't please everyone. Just fuck it. That's it, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I, you feel. I want to say thank you for um, for joining us on the podcast and everything, and I oh, wanted yeah, to uh, to ask, uh, where, where can we find you? I know you've got your, your band camp, that's gripgrand.bandcap.com, is that correct? That is correct, and you can also go to gripgrand.com. Um which mostly just links you to my band camp, but there's a couple other things on there. Mm -hmm. And um, you can find me on Twitter, of course, uh, at Grip Grand. And, you know, various other social media places to one to a lesser extent. But um, mostly you can't find me. <laughs> I'm unfindable. I'm in, I'm in this cave, you know? And, like, I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time, but I feel like 
not as much as a musician am I on there these days and mostly just as like I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing on there going crazy it's a good Twitter but, uh, feed though I, I recommend our listeners follow it because you got it's like a mixture of funny and like uh, strange and hip hop related it's, it's good it's all good stuff oh uh, thank you yeah uh, it is a yeah Twitter is a weird place to be just in general I, I got I got into it late but you know it's a good place to find me if you need to if you need to hit me up randomly about something that's a pretty good place to find me absolutely and uh yeah that's it. New music coming soon, question mark? Soon, question mark. Uh, I was going to ask, but I suppose there's no real like release date or anything yet, right? No, not at all, man. And, and unfortunately, one of the things of making stuff yourself, like all ages took me so many years to make because I, I had to make the music and then I had to like do the album art and then I had to figure out where I'm going to press it and then I had to ship it out. You know, it's like, as soon as I'm done with one part, there's a whole other part. So yeah, who knows when it'll be coming out. And I don't even know these days, like, am I pressing things? Am I putting things only online? Am I gonna put it on 45? I mean, who knows, but new music at some point, some point there'll be music. Sounds like a cool project. I think um, a lot of listeners to the show, I mean, like, it sounds like a cool project in general. So I recommend everybody checks out that when it comes out. But also there's like a huge back catalog on gripgrand.com or the Bandcamp is linked through that website that everyone should go and check out because it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, the way I describe your music to our listeners would be uh, homemade, old school hip hop with a really individual twist and a really unique flair to it. And I think that even if you're not like a general fan of hip hop, you should go and check out this guy's music just because it's... Uh, it's just a great example of the creative process, I'd say. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I'm terrific. I agree. 1,000% everybody <laughs> should go love me. Also, if you go on Bandcamp, you can get my whole catalog at once for a very deep discount. And somewhere on in the middle of any, any given uh, page on there, like you scroll down far enough it's all buy the whole catalog you get like 25 something releases for 12 bucks or something so um do that listen Absolutely. to it all at once everyone go and spend your 12 bucks or if you're in yeah, the uk then it's gonna be i don't know eight quid that's not too bad what a bargain exactly eight quid for like 25 buys. releases it's, it's pretty good they're not 25 full-length albums but you know uh whatever stop complaining exactly <laughs> come on guys <laughs> just kidding <laughs> alright thank you very much for having me man it's been fun oh you're more than welcome thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, putting up with uh, my technical lapses and stuff like that and uh, yeah thank you very Same. much Grip thanks for coming on alright man no problem All until right. the next time catch you in a bit right, okay peace. bye bye okay so that was the interview with Grip Grand uh, for the weekly song podcast um, first of all, I want to say thank you again to Grip Grand for coming on. Uh, I really hope you've enjoyed this. I know it's kind of a longer episode than we normally do, but, uh, hopefully you'll agree with me that it was like a, a whole bunch of interesting stuff in there and, uh, really cool to hear from somebody who is obviously like, uh, you know, very, very good at what they do. Somebody who's kind of, uh, mastered that process of getting great work out. And, uh, by the way, as I said at the end of the podcast there, you can hear Grip Grand's music at Grip Grand. That's G-R-I-P-G-R-A-N-D, gripgrand.bandcamp.com. Uh, go to his website as well, gripgrand.com, but that basically leads to the Bandcamp. 
uh, follow me on Twitter, but um, really check out that Bandcamp because it's um, it's just this website with like a huge back catalogue of loads of stuff that you can hear. Um, it's a great introduction to hip hop from a melodic standpoint, in my opinion. And uh, if you can find it on the internet anywhere, check out the GG GG Doom project. It's just kind of a hip hop lyricism at its best, accompanied by hip hop beat making at its best. Um, he samples all sorts of cool stuff in there as well, like uh, you got a Frank Zappa sample on the first uh, track there. Um, so definitely check his music out uh, for sure. I, I really recommend that uh, our listeners check that check that stuff out. Um, and then the normal stuff from us, you can find uh, me at rogerheathers.com. Uh, you can email the show at uh, weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Send us any of your own songs. Uh, if you've written a song in a week, send it to us. If you live in the Cornwall area... Uh, then uh, get in touch uh, via that same address, and you can uh, you can come on the show, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you about how you wrote your your own song in a week. Uh, as for the reg- regular programming for the show, uh, let me just look at my calendar here. We're going to be um, releasing this episode that you're hearing right now. Um, you already know this because it is that day, uh, but you're going to be hearing this on uh, August the thirtieth. Which means that uh, the next episode you'll be hearing, the next proper episode, is uh, September the 6th, uh, a Wednesday, obviously, there. And uh, we'll be back with two new songs we've written in a week. And I'll be back with Declan, obviously, and he'll be able to tell you all about what he's been doing um, at Reading Festival, the bands he's seen, and that sort of stuff. So, uh, again, thank you to Gripgram for coming on. Thank you to you for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>